0: Alrighty, welcome back to Brojo Online, Dan Munro. Today I want to try something different. I went on to Quora.com and found a topic called Girlfriend Advice. And what I'm going to do today is I am just going to randomly scroll through all the questions here and answer them spontaneously off the top of my head. So what I'll be trying to do is give advice on how to use honesty, shall we say, to create a healthy relationship. This is Brojo Online. Masculinity, Confidence, and Integrity. Alrighty. Now the first question. My girlfriend told me that I am being too nice. Does that mean she actually wants me to be mean? (laughs) Oh, being too nice. If you're a guy and you're hearing this from your girl or any girls, you should really take this as a huge warning sign that something is going really wrong. That phrase, being too nice, is quite significant. For those of you who are familiar with nice guy syndrome or the concept of people pleasing, when you're being told you're being too nice, they're not saying that you're being too generous, too compassionate. Too easy to love. Too loving. They're not even really saying you're being too nice. What they're really saying is, you lack balls. That's what they're really saying. They're saying that, I don't see enough assertiveness from you. I can't respect you. You're not brave enough. You're not honest enough. You're not taking responsibility. That's what they're really saying. That's what too nice really means. So there's no such thing really as being too nice You can't be too kind to people But you can be Too weak, too passive Too apologetic Too unassertive Too unsure of yourself So the problem with that is You're showing them a weakness That makes them scared for themselves As the old saying goes If she believes you can stand up to her She'll believe that you can stand up for her When a girl tells you you're being too nice, she's saying you don't stand up for yourself. You don't have a spine, a backbone. It's very hard to trust you. It's very hard to respect you. I can't be sure of what you're thinking and feeling because you're kind of pretending to be happy or whatever all the time. Or it can even just be annoying. Are you okay? Is everything all right? Did I upset you? That kind of shit drives people crazy. So the answer really is you need to go and get the book, No More Mr. Nice Guy. Or pre-order my next book, The Naked Truth. And start learning how to tap into your masculinity. Learn how to stand up for yourself, how to say no and disagree and show disappointment and dislike and disapproval and all those emotions that you hide. Learn how to tell someone off when they're behaving badly. To go for what you want and take a risk rather than hesitating and having the old green light syndrome where you're waiting for people to lead all the time. That's what they're really saying. Someone tells you you're being too nice. They're really saying you're being too weak. Alrighty. Next question. I found my girlfriend cheating on me. What should I do? Probably. Break up with her. Trying to think of any scenario. Where cheating should be forgiven. And you move on together. And it's actually not black and white. But when you kind of look past the details of the cheating like what happened and who with and get to the concept of this person betraying you deliberately doing something they knew was disrespectful and harmful to you behind your back and the fact that you caught the person means they were probably never going to tell you that you only found out because you caught them think of what that means in terms of how they feel about you Imagine how you must feel about someone if you're willing to do that to them. And even if you really love someone, imagine what it says about yourself if you don't have the discipline and the courage and the respect to stay loyal to the commitment you've made. The kind of insecurity that drives cheating. You see, a confident person will never cheat, ever. They'll either have an agreement that the relationship is open, or it'll be monogamy and it will be respected. Someone cheating either doesn't respect you or doesn't respect themselves or both. And either way, it doesn't really matter because the relationship is not a healthy one. If you want to be in a relationship with a healthy person, cheating is a sure sign that you're not there yet. It also means that you've selected someone who cheated on you. So you have to look internally. What is it about you that attracts someone who lacks respect for you in such a way? Is it that in fact you don't respect yourself yet? In which case, you're in no position to be getting into a committed long-term relationship. I really think that people should work on themselves before they get into commitments. This doesn't mean you shouldn't date and meet people and engage in connections. It just means if your overall grand goal is to have that kind of partner in crime style relationship where you're both super supportive of each other, deeply loving, respectful, committed you enjoy each other's company, you genuinely like each other's personalities, on and on. Well, if someone's cheating on you, it's definitely not going to be with that person, right? You can move on pretty quickly. Now, that doesn't mean that you should break up, but what it means probably is that the two of you are right now are too unhealthy to maintain a healthy relationship. So either you both need to make significant changes and transform yourselves simultaneously. Or you've got no chance. Now one of my clients. He cheated on his girlfriend. And we did some significant work around this. And they've managed to turn that relationship around. And they're going to keep going forward. Strongly. However. They both made a massive commitment to self-development. They both had some really uncomfortable honest conversations. And bought out all the skeletons in the closet. And started dealing with their shit properly. Now if the cheating doesn't provoke both of you to do that to an equal level and I seriously recommend support of a therapist or a coach with this, then you've really got no chance at a healthy relationship just now. So, short answer. Either you both do massive self-development in the wake of this, or you break up. I can't see a third option that would be good for anybody involved. Next question. How can I help my autistic girlfriend with her meltdowns? She is 21 interesting question very interesting first and foremost i have to answer it in the same way that i would deal with it if it were myself which is i'm not an expert in dealing with autistic meltdowns i'm actually all right at it i've had some experience but this is not a field where you need to be the expert and it's good that you're asking for help but i don't think quora is the place to go I think a support group or an institution that specializes in the autistic spectrum is the place to go. There are groups out there to help you deal with these kinds of things. I think it's called stimming is the official term for the kind of meltdowns that we see people on the spectrum have. It's not your job to help her with these, as in reduce them or fix them in any way because A, you're not a professional, and B, this isn't something to fix. this is something to live with and work around your job is to figure out how to be a support person. So the reason I'm saying that is I'm picking up on the word help. You could replace this with, how can I help my depressed girlfriend? How can I help my anxious girlfriend? How can I help my schizophrenic girlfriend? Well, you help them by learning how to be a support person. The help actually comes from certified professionals with experience and training and the you know, legal rights to give medication or whatever it is that's required to deal with this. You're the boyfriend. You're not the professional healthcare worker. So the key thing I'm trying to emphasize here is don't try to be the person who gives her professional support. Give her love and care and patience and learn how to be the partner of someone with this rather than trying to take over the role of professional support. Alright, next question. Man, these are random. They're all over the place. My girlfriend has gained 100 pounds over the last two years. I'm still in love with her, but should I bring up her weight to her or leave it be? Obviously, you should bring it up, because that's what an honest person would do. The key here is to first get right with yourself as to why you're bringing it up. You say, I'm still in love with her, but should I bring up the weight? So this qualifier i'm still in love with her why are you telling us that what are you trying to justify here what are you what's behind that sentence you don't need us you don't need us to believe that you still love her but you feel the need to convince us of that why i think it's because you've been keeping this a secret there's something about this weight gain that catches your attention and bothers you it's probably only a minor bother i do believe that you still love her But because you're not saying anything about it, it's starting to become a big deal in your head. Obviously it's gone to the point where you're now asking strangers on the internet about it. It's only become a big deal in your head because you won't talk to her about it. The key is to understand, if you really don't have the goal of making her lose the weight, if you're okay with her as she is, then prime yourself for that before the conversation starts. You need to tell her, look, I'm okay with you the way you are. But I've noticed that you've put on weight, and I think it's dishonest of me to pretend that I haven't noticed that. So I have to bring it up, and what you do with it is up to you, I'll love you either way. So you can always bring it up in a non-judgmental, you don't have to do anything about this, this is my problem, not yours kind of a way, but you have to bring it up. If this thing is noticeable and bothering you, and you don't bring it up, you'll turn what's really a small issue into possibly a huge one. And she'll feel that you're hiding something, because I guarantee you, she knows she's put on £100 over two years, okay? This hasn't escaped her attention. I promise you that. What bothers her is you're not saying anything about it, so she's trying to figure out whether you genuinely don't care, or you're not saying anything and it actually bothers you. If you can show her how much it bothers you, and exactly how it bothers you, then she doesn't have to guess. And she can be at peace because, i tell you what, her brain is doing more harm to her than anything your feedback could do. How you actually feel about her weight gain is far less negative than what she imagines you feel about it. So put her out of her misery and let her know the truth. And the fact that this has happened and you're not honest with her about such a simple, obvious thing like this, tells me you're probably not honest about a lot of stuff. I mean, even basically honest couples will talk about weight gain okay so if you're not even talking about weight gain what else are you hiding how much do you keep to yourself i understand i I guess the gist behind this question that you don't want to hurt her feelings that you're trying to keep things nice but i'm telling you that's going to destroy your relationship it's better that you get all the negative shit out there maybe not all at once in a single conversation But maybe you can start with this and say, look, you know what, there's been some things I've been hiding from you. And for us to have a healthy relationship, I think it's important that we're fully honest with each other. So the first thing I've got to bring up is that you've put on some weight. okay? And just get it out there and then let her respond. Make this a conversation. Let her have her say. She might not react well. She might get defensive or... She might get upset and question your love for her and all that, and you'll get through all of that as long as you're kind and compassionate and continually honest. But like I said, the main point to understand here is whatever you think of her weight, it's 10 times worse in her head because she has to guess what you're thinking. Okay, so this one says, I lied to my girlfriend about liking BTS, and now she is taking me to a concert. What do I do? I have no idea what BTS is, but I think it's a band. It looks like some sort of boy band or something. Doesn't matter. You lied about liking it, now you're being taken to a concert. What do you do? Well, you've got two options. You can go to the concert, secretly build up resentment towards both her and herself for this situation, and she'll feel that something's off and it will plant a seed of resentment between you that grows into a horrible, mutated, sickening, discuss for each other over the months and years or you can be honest either way either way is available to you so you can tell her like look I don't actually like them I don't know why I said that I was probably just trying to make you like me but I'm actually not a huge fan and going to this concert would be quite miserable for me now that might not be good for your relationship but if that's what ends your relationship, then you don't have a good relationship. So you're not really losing anything. What that'll do is it's, it's kind of a make or break situation. You can redeem yourself, admit to your dishonesty. We all slip. We all lie sometimes. What it comes down to in a relationship is, can you call it out before it turns into something? Can you admit that you lied before it becomes something that can hurt the relationship? You've got a chance here. If you can admit to it before the concert. Shit, you might even still go to the concert just to support her. At least you'll go there and she'll know exactly how you feel about being there and not get a weird vibe from you like you're faking it. I mean, do you really think we trick girls with our lies? Do you really think they're that stupid? Really? How often do you think you get away with your lies? Huh? All the time? Because for most of you, it's pretty much 0% of the time. People already know you're lying They just can't be sure enough about it or assertive enough about it to call you out. So you essentially already have a reputation as a liar while thinking that you're getting away with it. See, an honest person isn't really someone who doesn't lie. They're someone who calls out the fact that they lie and redeems themselves and makes sure it doesn't become anything big. And that's easy to respect and that's easy to trust. See, we don't trust people because we know they're going to be honest all the time. We really trust them because we know that if they do slip, they're going to tell us about it quickly and it won't turn into anything. So that way we can trust what they're saying. So either go to the concert and plant the seed that will destroy your relationship or tell her that you don't really like them and that you're just trying to impress her or whatever your reason for lying was and see if your relationship can survive it. Oh, here's a good one. How do I go about supporting my girlfriend who shuts me out? Yeah, this is a fucking hard one. Um, We always want to be there for our loved ones, don't we? We want to support them. We want to try and, I don't know, give to them. We want their life to be better because of our support. But sometimes people don't let us in. And there's a lot of different reasons this happens. I think this first place to start is empathy. Start asking yourself, why might she be doing this? Because it's almost certainly not personal, unless you're a very difficult person to share things with. So, first and foremost, you've got to ask, have I done anything that would make opening up to me very difficult? Like, if someone opens up to you, what, how do you usually respond? Do you barrage them with advice? Do you joke about it and like undermine it and dismiss it with humor? Do you stare at them and judge them and make nasty comments? Do you try to beat their story with one of your own and you know steal the spotlight? Do you do any of those kinds of things when people open up to you? Because if so, then that might be the reason why she shuts you out. could also be that you're not open and honest with her. How open and honest people are with us is actually a pretty reliable measurement of how honest we are ourselves. People tend to open up with people who open up. It's not always the case, but it can be. So if you're not very open, if you don't show what you're ashamed of or scared of or sad about or struggling with, other people will feel unsafe to open up to you because it's a one-way street. The information goes into a black hole and they don't know what happens to it and they've got nothing from you in return there's a kind of risk of blackmail almost there you know if I was to give you a lot of personal information you give me nothing back I start to feel increasingly nervous about what you're going to do with that information and I've really got nothing to like hold against you we're not in this together you're completely safe and I'm completely exposed but if we share equally if I know as much dark horrible twisted shit about you as you do about me I don't really have to worry about you doing anything bad with the information you have on me simple fact is I could do the same to you in return so there's a kind of mutual understanding like hey we're in this together because if one goes down the other one goes down too I know that's a kind of bleak way of looking at it but that's just to give you a gist If, if you're not opening up to her you can't expect her to open up to you somebody has to go first So that's the first consideration. Are you the one that makes it hard to open up? Okay. Now, most of the time, that's not actually the problem. Most of the time, when somebody shuts people out and won't let them in, they brought that baggage with them into the relationship. It was there before you showed up. There's somebody who does this a lot to everybody. It's commonly known as avoidant attachment style. And it's about a general sense of threat and lack of safety around letting people in. So some people will shut you out because they shut everyone out because they're terrified of what happens if someone can see that core, if someone's let in. Sometimes it's a pride thing. They don't want to show weakness. They don't want to get support from anyone. They have been raised to believe that they should be fully independent and that it's a failure to require or want support sometimes it's they've had past traumatic experiences where somebody close to them really abused that vulnerable position and hurt them badly and now they don't trust anyone they think that anyone who gets in close is going to do damage they might not even think about this consciously they just have a automatic unconscious protection system of just keeping people out. They literally can't open up. I used to have this myself. I just I couldn't get the words out. I couldn't say to someone. I need help. It just wouldn't leave my mouth. My brain was just like. Nah, no fucking way you're saying that. No chance. No matter how much you want to. It took a long time. And that was nobody else's fault really. That was just my coping mechanism. That I needed to deal with. And there are also. Sometimes there are. Psychological disorders and mental illness that make opening up far less likely to happen. People who are really depressed or really anxious worry that opening up will somehow aggravate the situation. The more they talk about it, the worse they feel maybe. Or they just feel zero motivation or they're just really pessimistic and angry about the world and therefore don't really want to involve themselves with anyone. You know your girl better than I possibly ever could. So you've got to look at her and think, well, what's the most likely explanation for shutting me out? Because there is one. Is it more likely to be about me or to be about her or something in between? A bit of both. It's usually a bit of both. The second thing is also to understand, like, if someone's shutting you out, it might be because the way you're coming at them shuts them down. Like, If you're starting to behave like a therapist... Or a coach and you're trying to fix them that will shut a lot of people down because that's not your job boyfriend doesn't fix okay i'm a coach and i'm still not allowed to coach my girlfriend it's very rare that she lets me do any coaching with her okay once a year kind of thing and even then it's very tentative the rest of the time i just got to be her boyfriend she's got a therapist she goes to them for for support in that area that's not my job but let's say that you're in a situation where you've got a girl who, it's, it's inside her. She's the one who can't let people in. That barrier is what you talk about. You don't try to talk about the thing that she needs help with. But the actual shutting out itself. And you don't talk about it like her. You talk about you. And what I mean by that is rather than saying, you shut me out. Because you are this and that and the other. Or it's really unfair that you do that. Instead, you say, look, I'm really struggling with supporting you because you shut me out. You know, and this is how you shutting me out makes me feel. You know, I feel lost, I feel frustrated, I'm constantly stressed about what's happening with you, and I desperately want to support you, but I'm scared to move because you've given me no signals about what you want. So if you want me to be a supportive boyfriend, you're going to have to lower the button, the wall a little bit, let me in. And if you find that really hard to do, then tell me about why it's hard to do. You don't have to share the thing with me, but share the barrier with me. What's stopping you from opening up with me? Maybe there's something I can work on. Or maybe we can find someone for you to open up to, so that even if you can't do it with me, you do it with someone and you move forward with this pain. That's kind of the best you can do. And if she resists against that, then you need to ask yourself, well, What do I want to do next? Do I want to continue a relationship with somebody who won't let me in? Do I want to keep bashing my head against that wall? Have I done all that I could to make this as fair as possible? Have I opened up to her? Have I made it safe for her to open up to me? Have I done everything possible to make this available to her and she's still deciding not to? Because ultimately, if you're going to be in a relationship with someone, you have to ask, is opening up a deal breaker for me? Like if someone shuts me out and keeps me shut out, is that something I don't want in a relationship? It can feel really brutal to want to leave someone when they're at their worst kind of thing. But you just got to ask yourself, like, how long have we been together? Is this likely to continue forever? You know, what what progress am I seeing on this? Or am I locking myself into someone's dark spiral that they're not going to work on? It's a tough choice, only you know the right way forward. But one thing you can't do is make her open up. That's going to be her choice. So your choice is how do you react to her choice? You give her the best possible opportunity to open up. And if she still says no, now it comes back to you. What do you want to do with that information? Given the fact that you won't be able to make her open up, how do you want to continue? Ooh, this is a good question. Fuck knows. Um, What was the best relationship advice you ever got? I've had a lot. And a lot of it was good. And a lot of it was junk. I'm trying to think the best. Okay. Ultimately, I think the book that taught me the most about how to manage myself as a man in relationships has to be The Way of the Superior Man by David Dada. It's a difficult read. Uh, It was about my third or fourth time through it that I finally got most of the concepts because he speaks in a very esoteric, conceptual way, kind of spiritual way that I don't register very well because I'm a very kind of practical person. But one of the things that stood out in this book that I'd say is the best relationship advice I ever got is he says, you know, for the feminine, and that doesn't mean woman, it just means the feminine-minded type of person, the top priority is the relationship. But for the masculine, the top priority is actually the mission. And the relationship is secondary. And that really rubbed me the wrong way the first time I read it, because I was a nice guy, people pleaser, and I always thought it was so... Honourable and noble and best to put the girl first above even yourself. But after many years of doing that and just having it always crash down on me. I started to rethink it. Like what if it is best for the relationship that I don't actually put the relationship first. Is that possible? It led me through discovery to come to a realization that putting yourself first. Not selfishness. Not putting your needs and urges first, but your mission, your purpose, your integrity, especially your integrity. If you decide, I will not compromise my integrity for anything, even if it costs me everything. If you can get to that position, you will be able to maintain very healthy relationships. And I think that goes for masculine, feminine, men, women, whatever. You have to put your integrity first. And it won't make sense, but you'll see it in in terms of practical application, it's so much better for the relationship. Like if you're honest rather than people pleasing, and if you respect yourself rather than sacrificing yourself for the other person, you know, if you take care of your needs so that they don't have to, this is all good for the relationship, but it does mean that they have to wait. Sometimes it means that you say no to them sometimes. It means that sometimes they just don't get their way or they don't get all the attention and love that they crave in that moment. But that short-term pain is for the long-term benefits. The relationship does better when you're not constantly catering to the other person. And of all the things I've learned about relationships and applied, that one has been not only the most helpful but the most universal. I've seen that work really well for everyone who applies it. And I've seen people pleasing go really badly for everyone who applies it. So that's it. That's what I probably at this very moment think is the best relationship advice I ever got. But there's plenty of others. But that one gets number one spot, maybe. Another one from Anonymous. Why do I lie to my girlfriend who I want to spend the rest of my life with? The answer actually in the question. Why do you lie to your girlfriend? Because you want to spend the rest of your life with her. In other words, you're fixated on the outcome of keeping her. And decided to, you have decided to prioritize this over being honest with her. In your mind, you believe that if you were to be honest with her, you wouldn't be able to keep her. Or at least you wouldn't be guaranteed it. You've come to the conclusion that lying to her somehow protects the longevity of the relationship. That you'll be able to keep her for longer. If she doesn't know certain truths about you. So take a moment to consider the likelihood of that. What's more likely to sustain a healthy relationship for your entire life? Honesty or dishonesty? It's a really simple question. And the funny thing is, how many people will say yes, of course honesty is best. And then that very same day, they go back to their partner and lie to them. Because there's a secret going on here. Why do I lie to my girlfriend who I want to spend the rest of my life with? You didn't word it properly. You say, why do I lie to my girlfriend who I want to feel comfortable with for the rest of my life? And that's why you lie. You don't like being uncomfortable. That's it. it's actually the only reason anyone ever lies about anything. So you want to keep her, but even more than that, you want to keep her in a way that's comfortable. You don't want awkward moments. You don't want angry fights and arguments. You don't want her losing love for you for a brief period of time. You don't want her finding out shameful, embarrassing things about you. You don't want to disagree on key issues. And that's why you lie. You don't want any of that discomfort. So now you've actually got to ask yourself, what's your true priority? Do you really want to maintain a healthy relationship with her for a long time? Or do you want to stay comfortable? Because you can't have both. You just can't. You can stay comfortable for quite a long time actually. A lot of people manage to keep the lie going for even decades. And then I hear from them because the divorce proceedings have started. And the cheating has started. And the loathing of themselves and each other has started. Because no matter how long you keep it up for it eventually comes crashing down, okay? Crashes down in resentment and loss of yourself and just loss of love for each other and the burden and exhaustion of people-pleasing all the time and keeping up all your lies. And then, of course, getting caught with your lies. The big big crash that comes there, all the trust gets thrown out the window and so on. These lies that you're telling are building up They're like a debt that you're incurring, and at some point, life is going to come and collect on that debt. If you think being honest is uncomfortable, wait till you get caught with all the lies. That's fucking uncomfortable. So, ask yourself, what do you really want? Do you want comfort, or do you want a long-term healthy relationship? If you want comfort, keep on lying. It'll last for a certain amount of time, and then it'll all come crashing down. And at least then you can say, look, I know what I signed up for. I knew this was going to happen. Just like anybody who smokes cigarettes knows eventually the cancer is going to happen. Or you can be like, all right, time to suck it up, grow some balls, face some uncomfortable conversations and some awkward moments, and actually make sure that our relationship will be healthy and last. It's your choice. You can have either of those. It's up to you. All right. Yeah, I got time for a few more. fucking. Let's go. Next one. Why do people choose to stay single? Hmm. Why do people choose to stay single? First and foremost, you've got to know the difference between someone choosing and someone not choosing. There are a lot of people who say they're choosing to be single because they've actually given up on finding love. That's not really choosing to be single. That's more like bowing out of the race because you blew your hamstring. But there are people who do choose it. And I am firmly convinced there are people who are better off single than in a relationship. Statistically, that's not quite the case. You know, all the studies done on long-term happiness and quality of life show quite clearly that those people who are in a good marriage do better than pretty much everybody else. In fact, not pretty much. They do better than everyone else. But that's statistical generalities. There's always exceptions. There's always outliers on the graph. There are you know all those hundreds of people happily married, there are some people who enjoy life even more and never gonna get married, never in a committed long term loyal relationship, they do just fine. There are certain types of people that would choose to stay single because it's better suited to them. Antisocial personalities and psychopaths are the most extreme example. But there are also people who have certain personality types that are just really geared towards independence, and they feel they find it really difficult to cooperate and compromise on how they do things. And so they're actually far more comfortable being single because they can do exactly what they want, when they want, and how they want, and they prefer this over a loving connection. There are also people who have been hurt by love. Uh, There are people who have been traumatized. There are people who have been, especially in long-term abusive relationships or relationships that just crashed and burned really hard. And then they spend a bit of time being single and they're just like, oh, this is nice. You know, this is is better. You know, fuck this. I'm just going to stay like this. And that's actually a pretty legit reason. Like you find relationships are just not for you. You just can't maintain them. You're just not built for them. You're not good at choosing people, whatever it is. I truly believe, philosophically speaking, that any life could be good with the right perspective. You can enjoy life equally single or together in a relationship. Depending on how you look at things, you can suffer equally as well. I mean, there are plenty of long-term marriages that are a fucking nightmare, right? It's miserable. Be far better off single but for whatever reason they stay together. Religious beliefs or sunk cost fallacy or whatever it is keeps them together. So it's not inherently guaranteed to be better to be in a relationship, though we are mammals and we are wired to connect and love each other, so most people tend to be better off. Most does not mean all. Some people choose to stay single because they just don't like human beings. Others choose because they have asexuality they're not really interested in romantic or sexual connection they just never really got into it this can be totally healthy people or it can be people who were traumatized and abused and kind of just lost all interest in it people who connect better with animals and other humans and there's people who choose to be single in a temporal sense they're not choosing it for life but for right now And that I really recommend. There are a lot of people who need to choose to be single to do work on themselves, to go traveling, to start their business, to do self-development and get their shit sorted before they bring someone else into their world. I absolutely applaud that. I did that myself right before I met my wife, actually, is when I stopped doing it. So before I met my wife, I spent about a year deliberately remaining single and avoiding any commitment because I needed to just sort my own shit out. Once I sorted it out, then I could actually have a healthy relationship. So yeah, lots of reasons for people to stay single. It's not always a choice, though quite often it's masked as a choice. Overall, I do believe that somebody in a loving, healthy relationship is in the best possible social situation available to a human, but there are always exceptions, and they're genuine exceptions. Outliers on the graph who genuinely will have a better life on their own than with someone who loves them. Okay, next question. How do I make sure my girlfriend doesn't get bored of me? Two ways. The third option is to be both fake and boring. And that's not going to win for anybody involved. That's what the classic nice guy often ends up being. But that focus, the fact that you're asking this question tells me you're on a rough track. You're focused on trying to make her entertained when you should be focused on integrity. And let her decide for herself. And this is what most people do in the relationship. They're so focused on making the other person feel things like happiness and attraction and interest that they lose themselves in the process. They become the entertainment, they become the act. And then they wonder why people don't last with them. So, well, you can't connect to an act, you can't connect to a two dimensional performance. But if you have a real connection with someone, if you're totally honest with them all the time, you actually, surprisingly, are quite mysterious. Because nobody ever knows what you're going to say. You know, they might find that you're really predictable because they know you really well. But if you're really speaking your mind properly, you'll never have the same thought twice and no feelings ever exactly the same as the one before. So if you're really being accurately honest, everything you say is new and interesting. You know, my my wife surprises me on a daily basis. She says things I've never heard her say before. She has moods in a way that I've never seen before because she's just completely open to me. You know, there's new stuff for us to look at every day. Now, sure, we're only about five years in. That's relatively short term, but I'm not even getting close to bored. Boredom doesn't even come into my mind, you know, and I'm pretty sure it's the other way as well. So instead of trying to fucking entertain other people focus on impressing yourself with integrity and just trust that for the right person that will be very interesting and continually interesting you'll never have to try because you'll always be interesting <laughs> Look at this next question I left my girlfriend for her mum am I a bad person or just a victim of love Jesus Christ <laughs> Um, what I'd say is that you're inconsiderate. The damage that you're going to do to their relationship with each other, you've got to ask yourself, is that worth whatever you're getting out of this? Is that the kind of guy you want to be? That's all. That's all I'll say about that. Next one. My girlfriend and I are going through a break. She states that I am not the reason, but rather because she has problems of her own. We both made it clear that we still love each other. Should I keep my distance? Yeah, that's a tough one, isn't it? I'm gonna I'm gonna take this at face value like this is what you think it is. That she has her own problems that she wants to sort out on her own, but she loves you. One of the things I learned, especially I think it was in Mark Manson's book, Models, is this concept that sometimes love is not enough. And relationships are more than just love. We can love someone and they can love us back without us being able to maintain a relationship because relationships are more than just love. A relationship is an agreement. Essentially, it's a contract that we both can uphold. uphold. And if one or both of us can't uphold the contract, then the love isn't enough to overcome that. It's what Mark Manson calls friction. There are classic examples of friction like long distance. So two people who live on the other side of the world. My wife and I went through that. And that's fucking hard. Like we did pretty well. Early and late Skype calls and agreeing to meet up with each other. And it wasn't that long term. It was only a few months. But if you've got years of that, it's just too much. Love can't. Love's not enough to hack the fucking distance. If someone's got severe mental health issues that really interfere with their ability to love themselves or uh, behave in a healthy way in a relationship, they can still genuinely love you for who you are, but not be able to be a good partner for you. And the love's not going to fix that. And maybe that's the case that I'm reading here. If she really is working on her own problems, you know, let's say, for example, She has that kind of repressed memory of sexual abuse, right? She didn't realize she was sexually abused until one day she has like a trigger or a nightmare and it all comes back over time. And this happens to lots of people. And she just can't be around someone of the opposite sex right now. The trauma is too much for her. She can't be engaged in sexual activity right now because she just can't even look at her body and, and, you know, she's going through all this horrific stuff as all these memories come back she can still really love you genuinely love you but just be unable to be around you in a relationship way so there's lots of other ways that this can play out but ultimately here's what i think if you two are right for each other this won't happen you won't break up you know if if two people are a good fit for each other relationship wise leaving love aside just relationship wise They both equally find a way to make it work, and it's not that hard. The world constantly tried to rip me and Lucy apart. You know, we had visa issues. It was was basically us versus immigration (laughs) for most of our relationship. Immigration on all fucking sides of the world were trying to pull us apart. And we had to bust our asses to stay together. And sometimes we lost that battle. And we just kept on fighting. We put in a huge amount of strenuous effort and went through all kinds of suffering just to be together. Not to mention, you know, there are a lot of people, mostly on her side, but some on my side, like being discouraging and trying to keep us apart because it was inconvenient for them and so on. We had a lot of resistance to being together. And that resistance didn't even shake us. Like, that was just like, bring it on, fuck you, we're going to do this. Her just having a few little psychological problems that she wants to deal with is enough to break up with you. You guys just don't have the strength of connection and relationship kind of contract and ability to, to maintain that. For this to last. And you just have to understand, look, it's okay to love someone without being capable of having a relationship with them. And that might happen multiple times in our lives. You know, it's happened to me a few times. There's somebody I really deeply care about, and I think they feel the same way about me, but the circumstances just make a relationship not possible. And it's best to move on, because this is not the only person you're capable of loving. Right? But it is someone you're incapable of having a relationship with. And the more you try and beat your head against that, the more you're going to suffer. Because if you two are right for each other, You wouldn't even be asking this question because you'd be together. All right. Oh, there's one there. (laughs) Mike Wells from Brojo's already answered one. Very cool. You know what? I'm just going to read his one out. He's got a very quick answer to this. So the question was, I lost all of my close friends and my girlfriend, and I have no idea what I did wrong. What do I do to make people interested in me? Mike says, It's impossible to guess you might talk to a coach or someone you trust who can help you identify the problem however a common issue for men which sounds like it might well fit your situation is nice guy syndrome and he's included a link to what we've got about that on brojo yeah look the hard truth is if you're the common cause in a series of bad relationships and friendships then you do need to be looking internally However, the way you worded the question, what do I do to make people interested in me? Again, underlies, it kind of gives a hint to the problem. You're focused on making people interested in you. And I get it. I get why you feel that way. But it's actually that focus that's, that gives us hints as to what's going wrong for you. You're trying to make people like you. You're trying to be interesting. You're obsessed, possibly, with approval from others. And that's what puts people off need to learn a new system where you impress yourself, where you interest yourself, where you're the one trying to get validation from you. Um, that kind of person is easy to like, that kind of person is easy to be around, that kind of person is attractive, The person who's living with integrity for their own you know, values and principles and they really genuinely don't care much whether other people appreciate them or not the person who desperately needs approval from others and always trying hard to interest them and impress them, that person's really hard to like. It's really hard to be around that person. So ironically, to get what you want, you have to stop wanting what you want and try to want something else. And I think a better way to put that is to focus away from making people like you to making you like you. You know. So check out some stuff on core values and integrity. Alright, let's say we've got time for one more and then we'll wrap it up. Let me find a good one. Here's a final one. My girlfriend has been treating me poorly and argues over stupid things and insulting me during those arguments. And after the argument, she doesn't talk to me unless I talk. Does anyone know what's wrong? Yeah, you're in a shitty relationship. That's what's wrong. Bit more detail. As soon as you said the words treating me poorly, I'm already thinking it's over. Now there's lots of lessons to be learned, but in terms of the person you're with, it's over. You cannot ever hope to love yourself if you tolerate abuse from other people. Because you tolerating abuse from other people is exactly the same as you abusing yourself. You're letting someone abuse you. Can you imagine if you were your own child? Like you're the son to your father. And your father just let people treat you like shit right in front of them. What would that say about how your father felt about you? Nothing, isn't it? He doesn't feel anything good for you. No love, no respect, no caring. To let people abuse you would be horrible. And yet you're doing that to yourself. You're letting someone abuse you. So best case scenario is that you've got to break up with this girl so you can work on your own self-respect because it's severely lacking. For you to even get into a relationship with someone like this, sometimes it can seem like, how how did I do that? She seemed so nice to begin with, but a confident person would have seen her for what she was immediately. When we've got deep insecurities and self-worth issues, we tend to project onto other people what we want, and so we don't see them for what they really are. They seem so amazing at the start, and then a few months into the relationship, they change into something else that sucks. They become abusive, or passive, or disloyal, or something. And we're like, wow, they seem so good. It's like, no, they were actually never really that good. I mean, sure, they put on a show, but you didn't see through the act because you wanted it to be true. And you wanted it to be true because you got mad self-worth issues. So if any of you listening to this have been treated poorly by your partner, Step one, break up with them. Maybe the two of you can reconcile after you both do significant work on yourselves. But right now, nothing's going to happen until you break up. Even if you're with someone you're married to for years, a breakup is almost certainly going to be needed, as at least it creates a crisis that might get the two of you to sort your shit out. So many women come to me with like, they're with nice guys. And they're at the end of their rope. They've tried everything to make the guy less passive and, and more of a leader and more honest and stuff. And he just won't budge. And I always tell them, first move, you've got to break up with him. Even if you want to stay with him for the rest of your life, the only chance you've got is to break up with him right now. Because he is not going to change shit until he sees that it actually hurts him to be this way. Okay, so you need to actually not just break up, but be prepared to lose them forever. Because there's nothing else that could possibly inspire them to change than a crisis. In terms of the rest of the behavior, you know, arguing over stupid things, insulting you, and, you know, doesn't talk to you unless you talk. What's happened is you're getting pushed under the thumb because you've got no spine. The way you interact with her provokes this nasty bully that she already has inside her. It's not your fault that she's already like this, but you definitely provoke it and allow it to exist. Because you're not standing up to her because you're more willing to sacrifice your integrity than to lose her. And she can feel that. And it's disgusting and despicable and pathetic. And so it aggravates her. Bullies are quite often triggered by weakness in others. And so one of the upsides to being bullied is you can start to see, well, what is it about me that attracts these sharks? You know, I did a podcast a while back called Blood in the Water. There are only certain people that get bullied. It doesn't happen to everyone. It's certainly not prolonged abusive treatment from a single person being targeted like a partner or a bully at work. There's something about you that brings out the evil in them. The evil's already there. That's not your fault. But no one's a random victim of bullying. Really. No one. I know too much about the psychology of criminal offenders to know that there are no random victims. Okay. Except by accident, but when someone's been targeted to be abused, that targeting happened with deliberate, careful consideration, even sometimes at an animalistic, instinctual level. But nonetheless, victims are chosen because they're already victims. It's amazing. Some people will be like, "You know, I had—I was so confident in everything, and then this guy did something to me, and now I'm devastated." And it's like, "No, you—you you weren't actually confident before that happened. You were." On a high of comfort, nothing bad had happened to you yet, so you didn't know how fragile you actually were until real life came and took a swipe at you and you got destroyed by it. See, a confident person wouldn't have even been in the situation where that happened and they would have seen it coming and so on, but we can't help when we're naive. It's really the biggest weakness we all have is we don't know what we don't know. So you don't know that you have self-worth issues until after someone treats you like shit. That's that's the same for all of us. I've been through that. You know, it was poor treatment from others that really woke me up to the truth about myself. Because it kept happening. There was all these different people from different walks of life. And I was the one common denominator. I'm like, how am I randomly attracting people who treat me like shit? Oh, it's not random. I'm attractive to those sorts of people. Why? What's going on with me? And it wasn't like I needed to change myself for them. I need to change myself for me. I didn't respect myself and they could see that. They saw that opening and they took it. Nowadays, nobody gives me shit. Really, it's weird. I mean, they do online because online creates that detached distance where people can't see the face of the person they're doing it to. But in person, it's hard to even get someone to argue with me. And I know that might sound a bit arrogant, but it's just the truth. I spent a lot of my life being confronted all the time and having to back down. Because I had that weakness in me. People could see it. They could smell it. You know I attracted all the most dominant and abusive people. And nowadays those people stay well the fuck away from me. At least in person. And it's because I respect me now. I will stand up for me. I will make a big awkward scene if I need to. To do what's right for me. And abusive manipulative people don't go near people who feel like that. They don't choose you know, hard victims. They they choose easy ones. If you're not an easy victim, they don't come anywhere fucking near you. They're not looking for a challenge. Right? They're looking to win. And they win by choosing someone who's already lost. So if you're in an abusive relationship, end it and then dedicate the next two years to working on yourself without being in a relationship. Nothing short of that is going to solve this issue for you. All right. Well, that brings us to about an hour or so. And that'll be enough of me yapping on. But. Yeah, lots of good questions there. Lots of very common ones that people go through. Hopefully something in there was helpful for you guys, or maybe it will help you help someone else. You know, you're somebody else you could see who needs uh, support, and it will give you some insight into what's going on with them. If you want further support to either build integrity or to heal a relationship, please get in touch, Dan dan.brojo.org. Make sure to join the Brojo community, brojo.org, and I'll see you guys next time. Cheers.